This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week, four fantastic human beings? Yes, that's actually what's happening this week. We have four people on the show. We have Brian Murray. Hello. Kate Lamphere. Hi. Pat Shand. You're... And Emily Pearson. <laughs> Hello. Thank you guys for joining me this week. Pat and Emily, you are our special guests on the show. Why are you here? We're here to talk to you about something that's really cool that's happening. Could you introduce yourself to us just in case people don't know who you are? Let's start with you, Pat. Yeah, um, I'm Pat Shan. I'm a writer. Um, and I'm here to talk about, with my co-creator, Emily, our new book, Snap Flash Hustle, dropping from Black Mask. Uh, you know, it was going to be the end of this month, but the printer had a bit of a flub. So it's now um, officially December 5th. Okay, okay. Just a week delay. That's not too bad. Not too bad at all, yeah. And Emily, who are you? Uh, I'm Emily Pearson. I am the artist on Snap Flash Hustle. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a comic book artist. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining me this week. I know that's that's kind of a weird thing to ask. I don't know. Um, but we're here to talk about comic books. And to start this show, we always ask the question, how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Emily. So I've been reading a lot of a lot of Black Mask stuff, a lot of Vault stuff, kind of just stuff my peers are making lately. Um, Liana Congas and Davida Ayala got me a chance to read uh, the new Black comic book, Devil's Die, which was really good. Um, oh, nice. Kind of takes a different direction for the series and expands the universe a little bit, which is super nice. Um, as always, I'm always reading Long Lost. I think it's. I think it's almost finished up, but I'm not quite sure. I think it has a couple more issues to go. Um, and then, you know, Heathen, uh, a bunch of different stuff like that. So it's been pretty good. Oh, Submerged as well. I think I think they might... I think they're either about to finish that or they just finished that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I knew that was pretty... Brian, you're reading that, aren't you? Uh, I picked up the first one and then oh, okay. I've been like grabbing it and not reading it. You know, which is my, my fashion. I've been reading it. I'm pretty behind, but <laughs> gotcha. Uh, well, cool. Uh, well, Brian, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? All that stuff. I've been good. Uh, I was up at six o'clock this morning to go claim a uh, Spider-Man PS4 bundle. Nice. So you guys should feel honored that I would rather be here talking to you than playing my new video game. It's <laughs> pretty great. I've been I've been playing Red Dead. Oof, I hear good things. <laughs> Me too. <Pretty> good. <laughs> as far as comics go, uh, <laughs> Life is Strange number one just came out this past week, which is something I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Life is Strange video game because it cracked the shell around my heart and made me feel things. Um, <laughs> this book is kind of a continuation of the game, so they've sort of chosen to make either ending of the game canon and also neither ending of the game canon it's it's interesting uh there's a split at the end of the game basically two different paths you can go down and Mm -hmm. this game sort of straddles that line or this this book straddles that line so that's that's very interesting Uh, i also picked up bitter root number one which is this really cool it's set in harlem in 1924 and it's sort of like a pulpy monster hunting type book um but it appears to be focusing really heavily on like people of color and what it was like to live in harlem and be a black person in harlem in the 20s gotcha. which is a really fascinating perspective to have this otherwise 
I don't want. I don't want to say it's a, a played out idea, but there is a lot of supernatural monster hunting going on in popular culture these days. Mm-hmm. But I definitely haven't seen one in this kind of setting with this kind of focus. So it's a really interesting way to approach that concept. Gotcha. I, I saw the covers for that book, and just the covers alone were really striking. So I'm glad to hear the book is is pretty solid as well. Yeah, it's really good. What about you, Pat? Um, you know what? Uh, I, I'm good. First off, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I went to uh, Walmart today. Um, uh, did did some quick shopping with my wife, who has lately been really into dolls. So we were looking for a specific kind of doll. There didn't find it, but we're gonna try again. Uh, not, <laughs> but comics. Uh, co- comics are pretty good now. Um, I've been reading a lot of uh, comics that I've gotten from Kickstarter. Uh, I back a lot of campaigns there, mm-hmm. and uh, have been enjoying that. You know, I, I think that um, largely the direct market kind of looks down on that because it's the future. Uh, but <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, I've enjoyed uh, White Ash by Charlie Stickney and Connor Hughes and Finn Cram there. Uh, that book actually, it's in its third issue. The fourth is on Kickstarter right now, but I read three last night, and uh, that was the best of the series so far. Uh, that's one I would definitely recommend to anyone who isn't already reading it. Um, I've enjoyed that book probably more than any direct market book out this year, uh, with maybe the exception of uh, Heathen by Natasha Alterisi. And uh, of course, I mean, Strangers in Paradise is back going on. That, that to me, is the greatest example of our medium ever. And Terry Moore, as an artist and a writer, is just killing it. Uh, the first trade dropped recently. And yeah, that, that's just been a beautiful book. Cool. I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of Kickstarter books as well. So I'm, I'm like, it is the future. It's a thing I, I absolutely love as myself. Definitely. Uh, Kate, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? I've been good. I finally sat down and read the Uni- the Uniques Volume One. I grabbed this when I was at the Grand Rapids Comic Con a week or two back. Um, I recently talked about Rainbow in the Dark by Comfort Love and Adam Withers, and this book is by that same couple. Um, I actually picked up the first three volumes while I was there, <laughs> and this couple is great. They signed all of them. They gave me. Um, I got some prints that they also signed. They're really nice people to talk to. This is their take on a superhero story. Um, in this book, superheroes are generally accepted by the public, and they can they can team up and they can fight crime and they get stipends from the government from their work. So that's that's different from some of the the other you know superhero stories in the market. But there are quite a few things that are similar to other superhero books in the market with the mm-hmm. series. I like this book because I find the the group in this to be fairly diverse. It's led by a young woman, probably about my age. She looks a lot like me, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, um, I'm just really excited to find another group of people that kind of remind me of like the Runaways and the way that they have unique Haha, unique <laughs> personalities <laughs> and relationships with one another. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where this goes. Cool. Uh, well, for me this week, um, I've been reading quite a few books, actually. I've, I don't know what it is. It's like I maybe subconsciously told myself, you need to read at least like three to five issues of comics or something every day. So um, for like the last week, I've been reading a lot of comics. But the books that have been standing out for me, um, recently, I read Black Canary from 2015-2016, Volume 1. This is uh, Brendan Fletcher, Annie Wu, and Pia Guerra. 
Um, this is the book that was like, what if Black Canary disappeared and started a band and had some of the most gorgeous color work I think I've seen in comics in a long time. Um, honestly, I was mostly just impressed by that. The The art in this whole book is 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 really incredible but man oh man what a what a fantastic looking just from a color perspective you could take out all the lettering and everything and the book would just look beautiful um every single page is like that i was really impressed by that um but i read this book because it was part of a book club that i'm in um my office about found families and by like i've never read a book that was more directly about hey this is my new found family um than this series so if you're looking for something like that i think this ran for two volumes so it's it's a pretty short read. I only read the first volume, but man, it's really, really good. Um, but I also discovered that I know very little about Black Canary, like to the point where half of this run was very confusing and I kind of, re I really had to roll with some punches. Um, and being like a huge X-Men fan, it's kind of the natural status quo of things, but with this book, it was at a whole different level. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I also read In Real Life. This is by Cory Doctorow and Jen, uh, Jen Wang. Uh, the long and short of this story is an, an MMORPG leads a young girl to discover the harsh realities of life in a world far different from her own, where quote-unquote gold farming in-game is the only means of life for some people in real life. Um, this is a really heartbreaking story. I don't know if you've read this. It's a really, really, really good um, just standalone graphic novel. Uh, Jen Wang also did a series uh, of graphic novel called uh, The Prince and the Dressmaker. And man, what that was a fantastic book as well and led me to go buy this when I saw it at Emerald City Comic Con. So it's just been sitting on my shelf and I was like, you know what, let's sit down and actually just read a solid book. And this one totally kicked butt from beginning to end. I highly recommend this one. Like, might be the best graphic novel I've read this year, hands down. So yeah, that's that's been me. I'll have to check that out too. I really liked the the Prince and the Dressmaker. Yeah, and I was going to say, Kate, I think this is definitely up your alley if you're looking for something that's similar. Yeah, uh, it's not like, like fantasy by any means, but it's it's got this it's got the same kind of feel and Jen Wing's art is unbelievably good. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, let's let's talk about comic books that are coming out this upcoming week or in the near future. Uh, comic books are being released on November 21st, 2018. Let's talk about what we're excited for. Let's start with you, Brian. For me this week, I'm looking forward to Smooth Criminals number one. It's a new series coming out on Boom. Um, it sounds like it's about this woman, Brenda, who is sort of a, a hacker type. And she discovers a cryogenically frozen master thief from the 60s. Um, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now, I don't know the context for how she finds her. Like if she accidentally thaws her out or something, but I'm excited to find out. Um so it seems like it's going to be kind of a uh, a fish underwater fish underwater that's where fish belong <laughs> a fish out of water story uh, on both directions, where uh, Mia the spy is going to have to be adapting to the modern world, and Brenda the looks like kind of a self secluding hacker is going to have to adapt to having this '60s spy character in her midst. Um, I think it's uh, a really interesting concept, and so I'm excited to check that out and see where it goes. I'm very surprised there hasn't been a book before called Smooth Criminals. Like, that just seems like a very good I, title. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there has been. Yeah. Well, what about you, Pat? What are you excited for this upcoming week or in the near future? Um. Well, you know, this week I just looked at the list. Um, 
The one that kind of stands out to me as a single issue is uh, Scotty Young's new thing, Middle West. Um, mm-hmm. it, that it does look good. Um, I, I'm excited to see him doing something that looks a bit more like it's serious because um, obviously I hate fairy fairyland is good. It, it's compelling, but um, it has that kind of um, manic energy that we expect from him. This seems a bit right. more, bit more uh, like maybe dark and grounded and, and uh, yeah. So that one, and also, um, I believe the first volume of Venom by Donny Cates is coming out in trade, and uh, I haven't been following that, so I'm excited to jump on to that series and trade because um, I'm a big fan of what Donny's doing, and um, yeah, the way that he, t- yeah, the way that he talks about the book, um, makes me wish I was reading it in, in single issues, but just the idea of hopping onto any superhero book single issues kind of makes me crazy because what I tend to do, and this is a bad habit but i'll read a first issue and then i'll buy the next five and by the time i read them it's already in trade so it's kind of worthless you know right right i mean and let's let's be honest like donny cates is probably the best hype man for donny cates in the world (laughs) (laughs) right but you know what I, i i love that because there's this trend for comics writers to do this cringy post where, where, where they're like, my book is coming out. The art's amazing. The colors are amazing. And if you can enjoy that, you can at least stand my writing. It's like, no, right. no, you should think that you're the best. Like just push yourself. If you don't sell yourself, then no one's going to want to buy you. You know, it's undercutting yeah. the team. So I love that Donnie's actually like, no, I'm dope. I know. <laughs> it's like, and I, I wasn't trying to say that as a slight. It's just like, I've never seen someone push their book so well and so oh, sure. hard. And it's so, it's so great. Like he honestly, like he's one of the highlights of my like Twitter feed sometimes when he, just how happy he is to be creating the books that he's creating. 100%. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, Kate, what are you excited for this upcoming week? I'm excited for Shuri number two by Nadia Korafor, Leonardo Romero, and Sam Spratt. I read Shuri number one and I loved it. It started with a group of wise women electing Shuri to be to take on the mantle of Black Panther. Chala is missing because he disappeared into space. T'Challa went to space. It doesn't matter why. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Shuri feels bad because she did. She made some of the tech that that he was using at the time so she's also dealing with some feelings of guilt on top of you know taking his job over while he's gone (laughs) um issue number one was all about how shuri felt guilty about creating this tech in the first place and whether or not she wanted to take on the mantle of black panther and so i'm excited for number two when the action will will start happening and i haven't read a whole lot of black panther before this but i'm interested to see how shuri's relationship with technology is going to inform her decisions as a superhero that's cool i've heard good things about that series yeah It sounds really good. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that you're going to be picking it up, Kate, because I didn't like number one very much, but I would like to keep reading it without paying for it. So Okay, so I'll buy it and you'll <laughs> you'll read it. <laughs> that's that's marriage, folks. It's great. Yep. Um, I'm excited for uh, coming to me number four uh, from Black Mask. Me uh, too. <laughs> oh, for sure. Definitely. Oh my gosh, that book is like top tier books right now oh, sorry God, it's so completely so, interrupt that 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 book is just like it's like reading an acid trip it's so good um yeah, yeah it's uh zach thompson uh lonnie nadler and then i'm not sure how to say the artist's name it's 
Peter Kowalski or Peter Kowalski or something like that. Yeah, um, I think you're right. It's great art. It's, it's I mean, Zach and Lonnie are always they always know what they're doing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's I think it's been going on for a little bit. So I'm I'm pretty happy to see it coming back. Yeah, me too. I think you like turned me on to this series in the first place the last time you were on the show, and uh, I yeah. have been <laughs> obsessed. So thank you so much for bringing this book to my life. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's, so good. it's a little so good. unfortunate because that was back in like like February or so, and now it's yeah. like issue four. It's like they're very busy, so it makes sense. But it's just like I want I want more, man. <laughs> yeah, I think someone I one of them was talking about this on Twitter. They're like, sorry, this book has been taking forever. And like, quite honestly, given the quality of this series, if it means that I need to wait two months or so between issues or three months, even like I'm willing to do make like, I'm willing to totally wait for that because it is that good of a series. Um, I don't know. Like, I think there is, I know that we, we have this whole, this is like a whole bigger discussion. So I know we could maybe get into this after the break, but, um, we had this whole, like, this book needs to come out every single month or people are going to forget about it. But when you've got a series that I think is as strong as this one, like, if you say, hey, we're going to do it every other month versus every month, I think fans are willing to accept that. Um, but, of course, that comes with the caveat of, like, yes, this is a small independent publisher and yada, yada, yada. But, like, I've, I'm okay with waiting because I know that that book is going to be super solid. Yeah, for sure. Um, if For me, I guess this week, I am excited for Black Hammer Age of Doom number seven. Not too much to say about this issue, given that it is kind of in the middle of an arc. All I know is that we're going to see more of Captain Weird. If you're following this series, you'll know that Captain Weird is the cosmic kind of sees the futures, multiple futures, an analogous character for you know the specter or some other people that you would see in like dc comics or marvel comics um but the art by rich tomaso in this current arc is crazy that's the only way that i can describe it and i'm loving it completely i've like jeff lemire um rotating artist between all the various miniseries and the various arcs of all of his black hammer books that he's been doing um, has been really impressive and i'm totally loving what what's happening right now in age of doom so Count me in. I'm very excited for this issue. So if you need a superhero book to just jump right into, Pat, I would suggest Black Hammer. <laughs> I mean, that that news that he has like a, a whole universe getting picked up, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? Pretty yeah, cool. yeah. Very excited about that. Definitely. That's funny because I'm normally pretty easy to please when it comes to superhero books, but I could not get into Black Hammer at all. Blasphemy, Brian. <laughs> Look. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think it's just because the... The first bit that I read, like the very beginning of the the first arc or whatever, mm-hmm. everything was so like kind of drab and it reminded me of a lot of a lot of like modern war video games where everything is sort of run through a muddy brown filter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everything in that book reminded me of that, and so it was just like I don't know, reading it was making me sad, so I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. It's definitely gotcha. a stylistic choice, and you know, I'm not, I'm not qualified to pass judgment. But it was not something that I was enjoying. Gotcha. Well, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Snap Flash Hustle. For our show this week, as I said at the top. 
we have two special guests on the show this week. So, Pat and Emily, before we dive into the array of questions that Brian, Kate, and I have, could you guys tell us a little bit about what Snap Flash Hustle is, what people who are looking forward to this book, like everyone here on the show, is what we should expect when this issue actually comes out? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Snap Flash Hustle, it's a story about a group of um, alt models in, in New York City who are using social media as a means by which to hide their drug business in plain sight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so just everyday life. Then. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I live my life in New York. I didn't know you were writing a book about me. Uh, <laughs> a little known fact, Mike is actually an alternative model. Yes, yeah. I'm... I'm also that. Um, well, cool. So you guys, um, so you're working with Black Mask for this book. Is there a reason you decided to go with with an actual publisher versus Kickstarter? Because Pat, I know you've done some pretty successful Kickstarters in the past. I was a big fan of Destiny New York, so thank you for oh, that thanks. book. Thank you. But um, yeah, what what made you guys go with? I guess go the route of a publisher versus Kickstarter. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say because it, it does come down to a couple of things for me personally. Um, sure. Because with this one, if no one had picked it up, then I would have um, talked talk to Emily about doing it uh, through Kickstarter. But because it's one of those books that I, I like need to happen, you know. Um, okay. But uh, the truth is that Matches said yes. You know, uh, I showed him a bunch of ideas, um, and at the same time as he picked up Breathless, he picked up Snap Flash Hustle and something else that's coming out uh, should be next year. Um, so this one was never one that we really um, we we by the time we were developing it, we had already kind of gotten it greenlit. You know, so there was never really a big conversation about what would happen if we didn't uh, get it picked up. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the truth is that um, for the books that I've tried to push to a publisher, I've had great luck in getting them picked up. So now when I choose a Kickstarter book, pretty much uh, I kind of pick which ones I'm going to do on Kickstarter. Uh, but I, I do have the books that are like my heart embodied. So if I don't uh, get it picked up, I will eventually kickstart it. But I have been very lucky though, you know? Yeah, totally. And Emily, have you have you had any experience with with Kickstarter, like r working on Kickstarter funded books or anything like that? Uh, just anthology work mainly. I was in um, I was in, but Pat and I were both in uh, mine, the Planned Parenthood anthology, and then um, right. Uh, I did Corpus and Everything Is Going Wrong, and I mean that was. That wasn't a lot of effort on my part because <laughs> I just <laughs> I had to wait for it to be funded and then it's like, okay, just do the pages and that was kind of it. So I haven't really had the same experience that Pat has had with that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Brian and Kate, feel free to dive in with questions or I'm just going to keep going going on what I've got from my list. <laughs> yeah, I, I so guess, did... Sorry, go ahead. Go Kate. ahead, Brian. <laughs> Jeez. It's like this at our house every day. <laughs> Kate, please ask your question. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, uh, Pat and Emily, were you paired up by Black Mask or did you find each other before you approached the publisher? Uh, yeah, we f we found each other, like, I think a few few months before we approached Black Mask. Um, right. I feel like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure with other publishers, but I feel with Black Mask, they kind of prefer unless unless you have like an ongoing uh series like something like black uh they kind of prefer that you find the artists and the team on your own and you come with the team to the publisher um yeah pat and i both really wanted to work with each other so it was just a matter of finding a publisher that wanted to work with us 
Cool. Um, how, did you find each other through that other anthology, or did you did you find each other on Twitter or some other way? It was Twitter, yeah. Um, was, I think that we had already decided to work on Snapflash Hustle together before uh, Emily drew the anthology story, because what that was, um, in that book, I worked with Liana on my story, and Emily actually illustrated a story written by my wife, Amy. Um, so uh, that was just an, an idea that we had along the way. Uh, I'd say probably a year a year and a half ago maybe a year and a couple of months ago is when we started started talking about this so yeah it was definitely on twitter dms and stuff that's cool i love how twitter has helped out the comics industry so much i'll say you, you've heard it you heard it here first I mean, folks twitter is actually good for something <laughs> yeah it's so good. I mean, when I'm looking to hire someone to do like some rewards or a short story for my, my Kickstarter stuff, Twitter's the first and usually the last place that I go, you know? Yeah. It's a lot easier to get connected with a bunch of different writers writers and artists and editors and all that stuff through Twitter because it's, I don't know, it's going to cons and approaching people is, it's kind of, I feel like how things were done before, but like... It's so hard to get someone's attention <laughs> at a con. I mean, they're talking to so many people while they're there. So Twitter, Twitter's really helpful for stuff like that. It's true. And the most amazing part about Twitter is in the past, when you would go to someone's site and see their samples, you have to work with them for a while before you know they're crazy. On Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's not the case anymore. You know, you kind of know going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pat, Pat knew ahead of time. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you have some experience with crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Brian, what was the question that I cut you off about? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, I guess I'm not totally certain what an alternative model is. Uh, so I was wondering if you could kind of explain that and then maybe, maybe get into how that's going to inform the story. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, I mean, the kind of broad meaning of alt model is... Um, the modeling industry has and has kind of always had at, at least this modern industry um the this kind of stereotypical look of what a model is supposed to look like and even as that changes they still have a very strict uh sort of look that you have to um aspire toward an alt mm-hmm. model is different an alt model can have a different body shape different tattoos it's it's just a much more open industry. And w- what's crazy is that um, the way that this industry looks at just a traditional model is so narrow that the different thing, the alt model, is so much more of a wider thing. You know, you could just have so- something very small about you that's different. Like, say, you can have a, a little quote under your collarbone and you're an alt model because no one else is going to hire you, you know? So it's, um, okay. Yeah. And, um, we call them different things though. You know, in the book, these are alt models. They're also art models because they're creating art with their photography and stuff. So, um, we, we definitely use different terminology, but we thought that, um, in the marketing for this alt model is going to be the thing that catches more eyes. And it's probably a bit more, um, more accurate to, to what we're doing. Okay, cool. And how how is uh, how is modeling and the modeling industry going to inform this? Is it just kind of a way to get your main character into the situation, or is it going to be something that they deal with in an ongoing fashion? It's not something <coughs> they deal with. It's more something that, that they are. You know, it's um, it's it is an ongoing part of the book, but 
through this, I'm kind of telling a story about what it means to be a creator, what it means to be freelance. And I think that, um, even someone who is approaching this, who doesn't understand or know what these characters do in their lives as models, they're going to understand the struggle of working for yourself and trying to make money while doing what, what you're passionate about, your art. And that is kind of what, what, what we're um, working toward pushing here. The idea that it's not that they're just doing art. It's that they're trying to make a living off of their art and, and trying to make their passion into their job. And through that, that they're making compromises and their compromise happens to be becoming drug lords. But <laughs> <laughs> we, we all do. We being anyone in this industry do make immense compromises to make the uh, dream of what we do come true. You know? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. That'll, that'll resonate really well with people. So Emily, what was your approach to like designing some of the characters for this? Because I've seen like at least the cover for this series, and like it looks gorgeous. Oh, um, thank you. Like, yeah, I, I mean, what was your approach for this versus some of the other work that you've done? Uh, so I think, I think this compared to uh, working on the wilds, um, the the biggest difference with the character designs is uh, Vida Ayala had a kind of specific, like mind or a uh, specific uh look in mind um when we were doing the character designs like they sent me um they sent me like actors and models that they wanted to be used for reference and stuff like that whereas pat it was more like he was just like just just draw characters and then i'll write them and i'm like okay so <laughs> i mean Very i cool. guess the, the biggest thing is to try to make them look uh, different from each other and recognizable from one another, but also like just super unique and like memorable and you know having stuff that stands out about each character specifically, um, mm -hmm. which was it was makes it really fun to draw because it's I never I never thought I would enjoy drawing pink hair as much as I do, but it's <laughs> it's some good stuff, man. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so good to see. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I mean, like the, I I almost feel bad for the, the, the big sleeve tattoo that you have to draw probably a lot. I don't know how often that <laughs> character shows up, but um, I can't imagine drawing all of those flowers all the time um, is, is, is very fun. But I mean, I love the way that it looks, at least on the, in the promo pic or images that I've seen. I actually, I actually don't have to, to draw that at all. <laughs> oh, you I, don't? Um, I, uh. I did a. I work in Photoshop, so what I did is I just I did like a turnaround of the character with her tattoos on, and then I just copy and paste the tattoos onto every panel. And gotcha. It saves so much time. <laughs> Industry <laughs> secrets revealed on Irene yeah. comic books. <laughs> so is this going to be a, a mini series? Is there a set number of issues, or do you think this might be an ongoing? Uh yeah. I mean, for now, it's a mini series. You know, it's it's four issues to start. But if we do well, you know, there's, I would love to come back. Um, I, I do have an idea of what would happen in the next um, couple of miniseries. Uh, but for now, it does tell a complete story with the first four issues. So um, if we don't go beyond what we're doing now, it's going to resolve. It's going to not leave anyone hanging. But if we are successful, we are, we're going to open the world up a, a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Cool. So what's the collaboration like between the two of you as you work on like at least the first or all four of the issues? Like, um, 
have you guys do you guys like collaborate to create the script together or is it like here's a script and then emily adds notes or something like that uh it's mostly like um like i'll get the script from pat and then i'll just i'll just basically start drawing it and if there will be something that i can like imagine for like a page layout or for like uh just a different way to change up uh the way it looks I'll just kind of do it <laughs> without asking Pat. <laughs> okay. Like, there's this page that was supposed to be, in the most recent issue I'm drawing, there's this page that was supposed to be seven panels, and I think I changed it to, like, 16 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> just um, a little bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little change. bit. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that. Um, and he's he's pretty cool with it. He He never has a problem with it, which makes it super easy on me. Oh, no, I mean, never, because the truth is um, my instincts are to write so many panels, but, um, you know, that kind of makes most artists want to kill me. So the idea that (laughs) I'll I'll write seven panels and instead of getting a complaint about that's too many, that Emily will instead give me 16, you know, like, (laughs) that's great to me. That's great to me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I think it works especially for this type of comic book, too, where it kind of... Like, I was trying to make it look a lot like a just kind of the, the feel of like a social media page or a website. So, adding a lot of like insert panels and uh, just going crazy with the layouts like that is really fun. And I've, I've never, I've never had a challenge like that before. That's awesome. Uh, so, what kind of, uh, did you guys have to do like any specific research? Maybe, did you hang out with some drug lords or did you hang out with some <laughs> alt models to get this book done? Uh- <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, a lot of this comes from uh, my wife Amy. Beyond um, being a writer and sculptor and singer, she she also um, is a model, and she she's gone on many photo shoots that I've gone with her too. And um, a lot of the things that I've put in this book to just build that world and make this seem real are things that I've seen and experienced through her. You know, um, as far as the drug angle. Um, uh, not so much there, but what I did do was, um, and th- this is so not how I normally write, but I wanted the business to be so sound, um, because you're always going to get someone who reads the book and go, well, that couldn't happen. Um, but I've structured the, the actual business here more than the plot. You know, the business is sound, <laughs> the business very much could work. Um, because the truth is that no one really understands what it means to be an influencer. No one um, has been able to quantify uh, that kind of income. It's a very mm-hmm. new kind of, kind of income. So um, I thought, what better way to launder money than to do it in the one form of income that no one knows how much someone makes? Like, <laughs> right, like right. for for instance, um, the craziest thing in the world is that um, Logan Paul is more famous than any of the celebrities that we um, were devoted to growing up more famous than any of them. And just th- there's an entire generation of people who have no idea who that is and ha- have no idea how much income he's making, you know? So this is, I think such a way, a, an industry that maybe the drug Lord should explore, you know, <laughs> because, <laughs> because it, it just seems like the perfect way to hide money. Um, and I was kind of surprised that no one had thought of this before. So, uh, yeah, I did structure the business from the ground up to make sure it could work before diving into the actual story. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to see what, what people think of it as far as that goes. 
So, is there going to be like a, a like a disclaimer at the beginning of each issue? Like, we do not want you to sell drugs, but this is a good way to do it. Like, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you must do crime, well, you, yeah. you know, like uh, the truth is, like if someone wants to sell drugs, fucking more power to them. You know, because like people, yeah, yeah. people need you know to <laughs> to make money to to get by. You know, um, it's um. It's it's that Tupac line, you know, um, how um he uh, <laughs> how he feels bad selling rocks, but it feels good to put money in the mailbox, you know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, um, this book is very much not the kind of book where it's like, oh, um, ha- having a message about how selling drugs is bad. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I. I, don't, I I don't want to be an after-school special. I, I definitely just want to get into the idea of um, how far will someone go to um, monetize their art, their passion, you know? Right. And, and how much will they forgive about the the darker side of the business? Because that's definitely very prevalent in comics where we kind of uh, we compromise our morals and uh, what we see in ourselves as creators to make a living. So I, I wanted to kind of uh, take that to the extreme and uh, put that in the – um, drug business. Gotcha. So, is there anything that you want uh, readers to kind of keep in mind as they go into issue number one? There's a lot of nudity in the book. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the main thing that I would keep in mind is this is not this is not like a funny book. This isn't for your like for your nephews and your nieces and everything like that. It's it's a crime thriller. It's about alternative models. Uh, it does not shy away from nudity. It's not the nudity. I don't think is sexual in nature, but it's very much an adult book. It's that's that's the only thing I would say that's like kind of like a a, war, a warning, I guess, for a book like this. But I mean, it's a it's it's done really tastefully. Um, Pat's done a really good job of like uh, portraying like alt models through the comic and um yeah it's it's really well written and i'll I'll also add that emily has done a great job of making the people seem real and um i I think that uh there are books where i paired with artists where i've definitely um we wouldn't have gone this this strong in the direction of the nudity if 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 emily drew the characters in a way that i felt wasn't realistic because um I think it's important to uh, to be true to the world that we're trying to capture, and I think For that sure. Emily has done an amazing job in that. And we we've worked with references. Like there, there's this uh, scene where um, there, there, there's a character who who is um, she is uh, tied up in ropes, in <laughs> um, and, and there's this whole section, not even of alt models, but just um, there's a community of people who create these beautiful poses by tying themselves up in ropes. They, um, there are trainers who tie other people up in ropes and have them like create this um kind of kind of like ballet pose as they dangle it, and it's supposed to be this very um this line between um empowering beauty. And, and submitting to someone. So um, we've played with that, you know, that that kind of thing in the sense that, that, that these girls do, you know. And um, we, we've played with the idea, too, of what photographers, male photographers specifically, um, 
misunderstand about models and try to get them to do certain things. Like, uh, there's this one line in issue, I think it's issue two, um, where Haley, uh, tells this story about how, um, this photographer was trying to direct her poses and about how, um, and that kind of, to me is one thing that I've heard, um, my, my wife complain about, but it also kind of, brings me back to comparing this art form to what we do as comics creators too. We always have people who think they know better, who are working mm -hmm. with us, trying to trying to direct the way that we perform. And um, what I hope people take away from this, because um, uh, obviously the focus is going to be, oh yeah, they, they're modeling, you know, but I, I hope the larger idea is that they're creating art and there are people who are, um, kind of uh, corrupting that while also empowering it at the same time. And that's very true of what we do. Yeah, it's good to hear. I, it always drives me nuts when somebody puts into a comic a situation in which there would be nudity, and then they go to great lengths to like have people twisting out of the way so you never quite, you know, so you never see the evil-hated nipple or anything like that. Like, <laughs> There's always like a towel hanging on a rack that happens to be in the way. It's like, come on! If you want to have a nude scene, just make people nude. Like that—that that, that reminds me very much. Um, and I've actually given this note before. Um, there's this ridiculous sequence in the uh, 3D Beowulf film where Beowulf is nude fighting Grendel, and as he's fighting Grendel, things are flying through the air, blocking his junk the whole time. You know, <laughs> That's so funny. And uh, I've given that note that like you got some Beowulf action going here. You know, like you, like <laughs> like. Like, there's suddenly a goblet here? Like, what's going on, you know? Yeah, like, if you're that scared of the wiener, just put pants on him. Like, right. Yeah. That's I mean, hold on. I want to take a step back and talk about what is this, <laughs> what is this 3D Beowulf movie? I've never heard of this before. Oh, yeah. It's, um, I, I think the Neil Gaiman actually wrote it. It's, um, it, it came out in like 2000 and maybe three or four or five. Yeah, and, um, 2000s. Yeah, I mean, probably most famous of it is the most ridiculous thing that Grendel's mother, who's supposed to be this horrific sea creature, is actually just a golden Angelina Jolie. What? Okay, so sorry. I said this, and my fiance, who was like napping on the couch, shot up and gave me a look like, You've never seen this before? So I feel like I'm very much out of the loop. No, I'm I have to look this you. up. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's called 3D Beowulf, that's just, I was just like, Is this animated? Is this. It's re in real life, uh, like an IRL movie, like live action film. No, no, it's um, it's the kind of 3D where it's just like a bit advanced beyond Polar Express. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, I get it's that. It's live action ish. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. This is so confusing. <laughs> I'm looking at it. It's like it's like looking at a video game cutscene or something. Oh yeah, no, th that's exactly accurate. what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. It's so weird. <laughs> Why does wait Angelina Jolie's his mother? Yeah, she's uh she's Grendel's the monster's mom, and she's just like, like I mean her only I I have to imagine that the script just says golden and hot, you know, like there's <laughs> like, she has no there's no monstrous qualities about her at all. It's just like they like maybe they had an idea. And then they hired Angelina Jolie, and some asshole was like, "What if it's just her?" Like. <laughs> What? Oh, no there's way. a scene where she's coming out of the water, though, so she has to be a sea creature. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that so justifies sick. it. She was <laughs> she was in water, therefore she is a sea creature. Yeah. <laughs> oh I think man. That, like, okay. Her, um, 
her braid is like her tail or something. It's it's <laughs> a lot. Oh yeah. Yep. I remember that. Oh my, oh, I'm looking at screenshots. This looks insane. I I don't know if I should watch this, but I feel like I must watch this now. This will have to be our next like IRCD group watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an experience. Sorry to totally totally get us off track here. I mean <laughs> No, when no, you drop no. a reference I, like that, I gotta <laughs> figure out the rest. No, for sure, man. I mean I, I love going off track. I feel like that's the jewels, you know. <laughs> It's either like it's either like uh, Hello Fresh or just like like Angelina Jolie Fish Monster. Oh, oh for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> on, on one of the first podcasts that we did in this press run, uh, mm-hmm. the, the first half was all just me talking about Hello Fresh. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sponsored either. I I just love Hello Fresh. It's dope. Okay, You're not okay. sponsored yet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's what I'm You're saying. They should sponsor me. I talk about it so much. Well, give us your brief rundown about why you like HelloFresh here oh, on Irene no! Comics. <laughs> here we go. Mike, uh, you fool. I know. <laughs> You've uncapped right. it now. So, H- HelloFresh, beyond offering delicious meals on a weekly basis that you can pick from, it has taught me to appreciate foods I would have never tried. Green beans? Nah, would have never tried them. Broccoli? I'd eaten broccoli maybe like four times in my life before HelloFresh. Uh, I have expanded my horizons and learned to cook in so many different ways from HelloFresh. And you can get your box now at (laughs) HelloFresh.com. Using offer code, I read comic books. No, I'm kidding. That's (laughs) that's, HelloFresh bills in the mail, baby. Yeah, um, I will be sending you your 20% when I get the check, Pat. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Pat, do you know what a slow cooker is? I feel like that might help out a lot. Yeah. You know what? I I don't know what a slow cooker is, but I'm not sure how many of you guys follow my guy Ryan Katie on Facebook. Um, but Ryan Katie is a writer. He he's worked for Top Cow. He's got an image book coming out. This guy Ryan Katie, and this is way off track, but he posted <laughs> he posted this picture that he made of wings. Th- these these air fried wings. First of all, one had never heard of air fryer. Super dope. Same. Two, the wings look good. All right, I, I was scandalized. If you go to this picture, you'll see the entire comics community hating on these wings. <laughs> I'm I'm scandalized. I think that Ryan did a great job. And speaking of slow cookers, Ryan now makes me want to get an air fryer. So one, air fryer, interesting. Two, shout to Ryan Katie. The wings look fine. Hey, yeah, I think honestly we got to get you a slow cooker. You're you're somewhere in New York. I'm going to find you and I'm going to hand deliver you a slow cooker. That's what's going to happen. I'll um, take it. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> slow cooker will change your life. Emily, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying. I I looked at the picture. You said that the comics community was hating on it, but there's no comments on it at all. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Are you on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram? Oh, I'm on Twitter. Okay. Nah, you gotta go to Facebook. It's. <laughs> It's savage. Like Justin Jordan is like just talking shit. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, they look good to me, man. Like, I just, yeah, maybe everybody is just jealous. It, uh, that, that's my thing too. You know, it's like the wings to me. They have like the the lower half is tender, the upper half is crispy, and everyone's saying that they look raw, but they don't. They just look well. No, I think there's a difference between like 
like fried chicken and then cake chicken that's just cooked normally. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks oh good. fuck yeah! Dude. <laughs> this is really this is really harsh. <laughs> we'll have to put a link in the show notes or something. Yeah, we'll have to find this. This sounds intense. They're all like talking about how he's gonna get like food poisoning. <laughs> oh man, let the man d- discover his own problems. I mean, seriously, he'll be okay. Can he just live? First two seconds. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like Facebook like comics creators is just the best because people aren't like holding back <laughs> from each other. Right. They're not like worried about like publishers reading their tweets. Oh my! <laughs> oh, right, right. Totally. I mean, uh, all right. On this Wings picture, I'm not sure if you guys know who this is. Joe Harris. I, I don't know his books, but I yeah. recognize his name. He looks like L.A., but as a person, he he wrote yes. <laughs> he wrote the Wings look ashamed. That's savage. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Joe Harris, I-, I can't believe I supported your great Pacific book. Uh, how dare you? Um, <laughs> well, okay. You know, let's. <laughs> I mean, I would love to talk to you guys all day, but I'm sure you've got busy lives. So I want to. I, one final bit about this. Where can people find this book? When can they find it? I know you talked about it earlier, but just one final plug. Where can people find Snap Flash Hustle? That Flash Hustle will be available. I guess it's you said November fifth is the new release spot. December fifth, yeah. Okay, cool. So December fifth, uh, it's going to be available at your local comic book store. If you want to pre-orders, pre-order issue two to four, <laughs> I think that's still available to do so. Um, other than that, you can get it on Comicsology, Amazon, stuff like that. I think. Black Mask has an online store now that you can buy it off to. They do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Very yeah. cool. Well, then, uh, where can people find the both of you on the internet if they want to reach out and talk about these wings or talk about HelloFresh or this comic book? How about I, you, um, Let's start with you, Pat. Sure, yeah. I'm uh, at Pat Shand, pretty much everywhere, just my name. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Tumblr, too. Uh, find me there. I'm probably talking about the same shit I'm talking about right now. <laughs> um, I'm at I'm actually R-E-M-I-S-H-L-Y on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, I post a lot of Snap Flash Hustle panels um, if you want to see some some art from the book. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't, I didn't do the thing. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, no. Okay. Wait. All right, so... If you haven't seen the art yet, you have oh, to go, no. you, you have to go look at, at Emily's Twitter right now. Seriously, the book looks like nothing else on the shelves. And in fact, Emily, you don't know this. Matt and I were talking on the phone last week. Matt is uh, he who runs Black Mask. Um, and Matt 100% agrees. It looks like nothing else on shelves. It looks amazing. There is no book around that looks like this. It's beautiful. If you don't read the book... And I know I, I was kind of shitting on writers before who say the art is amazing, the writing isn't. So get it anyway. No, <laughs> one, the writing is great. I, I, of course, I, I'm pushing myself. I think I did a great job, but mm-hmm. Emily is next level. Seriously, this is going to be the best drawn book of the year. Even though we're we're coming out in December and we're styling on everybody, it, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> Emily. If Emily doesn't get an Eisner for this, fuck you. It's it. <laughs> wow. 
Very serious. I love it. I'm really it. glad you guys. I'm really glad there's no webcam right now. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like I feel like this is like the comics creator equivalent of like putting my art on the fridge. <laughs> 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 <It's> a, <laughs> people probably think that i'm like kind of like gassing it up right now but seriously once you see the book once you see it you're gonna know what i mean emily mm-hmm. is doing amazing amazing work and i'm not i'm not blowing smoke i really believe that yeah i i from the previous stuff that i've seen i i feel i feel very very much the same way this is this is a very gorgeous book um i'm really excited to read it so make sure to follow these guys on twitter instagram tumblr um I, all their handles and stuff will be in the show notes. Um, you can follow the rest of the show on Twitter. Um, you can follow Kate at Kate L. Fear. Uh, you can follow Brian at, at Brian Head. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast, where sometimes we post polls. Like this week's poll was something I wrote, and now I've totally forgotten it. So I'm so sorry. But we do polls every Friday. It's really cool. Uh, you can find us on Goodreads, where we have weekly threads and Book of the Month um, discussions. This week, we are discussing what we should read for December, so get on there if you have any interest in that. You can also find us at ircbpodcast.com, where we have a pronunciation guide and merchandise. And we've got a new zine that just came out. Yeah! Please make sure to rate and subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice. The more listeners and better rankings we get, the more people we find, and the more people you have to talk about our awesome show with. Speaking of our show, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to send us an email. That address is ircb at destroythesive.org. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash ircbpodcast. We have exclusive audio, early access, and cool stuff like Nick's thesis on the Alien franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's very he's, good. He's it's almost 5,000 words of, <laughs> about the Alien franchise. He goes yeah, I, off. <laughs> And I think we're going to actually do like a special Twin Peaks episode where we're just going to talk about Twin Peaks. It's going to be a whole thing. I'm working with a buddy of mine, Matt Burbage, who did the cover of our zine. It's going to be awesome. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all the music for the show. Xander is a pure golden ray of light that shines down from the sky. He also (laughs) edits our show. Uh, Thank you to Pat and Emily for being on the show. This is so much fun. Emily, I'm so glad we got to talk to you again. Pat, it was nice to meet you for the first time and probably not the last time. Uh, Thank you to Brian and Kate for being on the episode. And until next time, may Great Galactus never visit this planet. And that's the show. So, <laughs> Thanks, all guys. I can think of fun. is just, yeah. just imagining Golden Xander like Golden Angelina Jolie. From- <laughs> 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 it's like, oh my gosh, Xander walking out of a river or something. <laughs> <laughs>